Welcome to Coaching Carrie, the podcast where two lawyers turned life and leadership coaches rewatch Sex and the City and can't help but wonder, how would Carrie, Miranda, Charlotte, and Samantha's lives have been different if they just had a coach to help them along? I think it's really interesting that even though Samantha continues to get the least developed storylines in this show, her commentary on the action is often like the setup for the theme of the show. Yes. Right? So like in this episode, she tells Carrie at the very beginning about trying to change big, you know, be careful with alterations. You pull the wrong thread, everything falls apart. It's like she's the Greek chorus of Sex in the City. Yes. Yes. <laughs> kind of commenting on the action, but not getting so much of a storyline herself, at least for now. For now. Right. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, everybody. We're Today we're discussing and recapping Season 2, Episode 9, Old Dogs, New Dicks, which originally aired on August 1st, 1999. So we start with Carrie observing that New York women are known as the most beautiful in the world, making New York a variable playground for philandering men, which, of course, means that Carrie thinks Big is one of those men. Carrie is complaining to Sam as they walk and talk, and Sam tells Carrie, as previously mentioned, that you can't change a man, so you've got to take him just as he is. Miranda's dating Steve, and their schedules just don't mesh. Steve usually shows up at 3 a.m. when Miranda's asleep and then wants to linger in bed cuddling and having sex in the morning while Miranda prefers a rational bedtime and getting up when the alarm goes off to go to work or spinning on a schedule. Charlotte is dating Mike, an uncircumcised food critic, which of course freaks her out. At brunch, she refers to his dick as a Sharpay capable of making its own carrying case, which is a real choice on her part. Later that night, Carrie is at dinner with Big when he lights up a cigar. The hostess comes over and asks him to put it out, but instead, he goes table to table, asking the other diners if it bothers them, and continues smoking. Carrie obviously doesn't like the cigar, but instead of asking him to put it out, she tells him he's arrogant. After they leave the restaurant, Big looks at another woman again, and Carrie works up the courage to tell him that she hates the cigar, but somehow doesn't mention her concerns about his wandering eye. Charlotte is out with her food critic, who has suddenly decided that now is the time to seek a circumcision. Charlotte is amazed and not a little bit turned on by his willingness to undergo this extremely painful and unnecessary procedure to ease her discomfort. Meanwhile, Miranda is once again having morning sex, which becomes even less tolerable when it's served with a side of endless cuddling on Saturday mornings. Later, at Drag Queen Bingo, the girls are comparing notes on their sex lives and relationships. Carrie wonders why it's always the women who have to change, and Charlotte reveals that her Sharpay is getting circumcised, just as Samantha's drag doppelganger appears at the table. After bingo, Carrie waits for Big in his lobby and is pissed when he's half an hour late. She ratchets up the condescension when she tells him that she's upset, and he reminds her that she could have waited elsewhere. Carrie threatens to leave the apartment and tells Big that either she wants a key or she wants him to stay at her place sometimes. Big demurs, and they head upstairs. At 3 a.m., Big pushes Carrie out of bed, and in a totally proportional response, Carrie responds by punching him in the face. Big is rightfully livid and goes to sleep in the living room. An hour later, Carrie wakes him up with a dripping ice pack and tells him all the things she's been thinking since they got back together. 
basically that she has no real place in his life and she needs things to change, at least a little bit. The next day, Charlotte goes out with her newly circumcised lapdog, Mike, who is healing from his recent surgery. Charlotte's eager for the big reveal as Mike gets a very painful heart on. A week later, though, Charlotte gets to sample the goods until Mike tells her that he's planning to take his equipment out for a proper spin with other women. Meanwhile, Miranda is trying some of Sam's advice and after five cups of coffee, appears at her door to welcome Steve home at 2 a.m. Moments after he arrives, though, she sweeps off to get some wine while he falls asleep. She is pissed, wakes him up, and sends him home since her window for sex closed an hour ago. Carrie is worried because Big isn't calling her, but then he shows up at her door with a black eye. Despite the fact that Carrie is wearing a Cookie Monster tank top, Big has a very adult conversation with her about keys and beds and the fact that he has a totally invalid opinion that eating oranges makes his sheets stink. At the end of the conversation, though, he decides to let things change just a little and stays the night at Carrie's place. Across town, Steve calls Miranda and tells her to go to the window to look at the blue moon. Miranda tells him to come over when he's done, and he does. So that's our episode this week. What did you like about this one, Becky? I mean, there's a lot here. (laughs) (laughs) And there's a lot here that also made me crazy. But, you know, I'm loving the Miranda-Steve storyline just because I think Steve might be among my, has always been among my favorite characters because he's Mm. just so himself and so kind of okay and good at expressing what he's thinking and good at expressing how people make him feel like it's just, he's just good. Yeah. Yeah. He's very hard on his sleeve. You don't have a lot of questions about how he feels or what he's thinking. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And when people, and and he's not afraid to say like, what you just did hurt me or Mm -hmm. what you're saying doesn't work for me. You know, like sort of even when Miranda is like, well, my window closed, you know, he's like, well, when you've got a doorway or a larger window, why don't you give me a call? Like sort of pointing out her unreasonableness, but also saying like, I'm not running away, but I'm not also willing to confine myself to your world. Exactly. That's exactly what I was going to say, which is that it's not the sense that you have a flaw, we're breaking up. (laughs) Yeah. He's very clear that like, I can accept flaws, but you got to like, come a little bit closer to where I'm at. Yeah. Well, and Um, I mean, and and realistically, like, she goes to get the wine, which why do you even need wine at that point? But exactly. Just bonk. (laughs) (laughs) She goes to get the wine. She comes back. He's asleep. She wakes him up. She's like, I want to have sex at night sometimes. He's like, cool, let's have sex right now. And she, for whatever reason, is like, even though I was fine with that 30 seconds ago, I'm no longer fine with that. Leave my apartment. Yeah. I mean, she's she's just angry at that point that like yes. she made the effort. She feels like she made the effort and he's not making the effort, you know, which look, you both made effort. He came from work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, and yes, and you're, the, the, you're allowed to feel that, but also recognize that the same thing is happening on the flip side in the morning when he's trying to make the effort and you're like, well, how long do I have to lay here and cuddle? I do better. I do better with limitations. Like, okay. <laughs> yes. And he's a draw some clear boundaries for sure. Well, to that end, let's talk about coaching questions. The first of which I have this week is from Miranda, a good friend who needs to find some balance. And I'd love for her to tell us what might a good balance between slowing down and being you look like. Mm, That's a perfect question. Because it seems like we're back to this, you know, dichotomy situation where like, 
the show seems to be saying she can either like do what Steve wants to do or the relationship can fail. And like there are a hundred bazillion other options in between those two possibilities. And Steve seems very open to negotiation about kind of how things are going to work in their relationship. So it seems like she needs to think about like, okay, I know that he likes morning sex and cuddling and he knows that I like nighttime sex and, you know, a reasonable bedtime. So how can we get part of each of these into our normal routine as a couple so that they're finding balance and not just, well, we only have sex in the morning because that's what Steve wants to do. Right. And I think I think it's this notion, too, of like, you are now in a relationship. The relationship isn't just going to fit around the spaces that you've had in your single life. Right. Like some things will have to inevitably shift. You might not go to spin on Saturdays at the same time. Or you might, but you need to think about where where are you going to make space for this other person and this relationship, which are two separate things that you need to make space for in your life. Well, exactly. And, you know, it doesn't have to be all on his terms, but it also can't be all on yours. Right. If you're going to be together, you have a partnership and you have to figure out where you're each comfortable moving closer to the other so that you can make this work. I mean, it is right. it is all about balance. And it just doesn't seem that there's a lot of discussion about that in this episode. It's more like you've got to do what he wants or he has to do what you want all the time. And really, I guess the kindest reading of it is just this feels weird and different having to make space for someone. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's interesting that they chose the kind of like bedtime as the thing that's being negotiated here because it I mean that really is a crucial thing. It sounds like kind of silly as an adult to be negotiating your bedtime, but it's pretty serious. I mean, she has a serious job, but then again, so does he, but they work very different schedules. So like this is a big deal that they're going to have to really work on, but they don't have to do it like I said as a zero sum game. They can figure no. it out. You can and it also can evolve over time. I mean, I spent 3 years where my husband worked alternating night and day shift. So it would be like five days of 5am to 5pm and then two days off and then five days of 5pm to 5am. Oh, wow. And I mean, it just required communication, like, you know, and, and a little bit of prioritization. Obviously that's different. We weren't just starting to date at that point. We were married with two kids, but being able to say like, I get it, you're going to need rest and I need rest. And so we need to be respectful of each other what does that look like? How do we do that? When do we do that? How often do we do that? That meaning like rest or separate or, you know, be in separate spaces. That's what we need. So yeah. Yeah. I also sort of wonder if Miranda's um, hangups about being the one in power in the relationship are kind of coming into play here. Sure. Like she feels strange saying like, I'm going to drink five cups of coffee and stay up because, you know, that's not being the powerful one in the relationship. And then that comes, you know, kind of crashing down when she's like, okay, get out. Because yeah. it doesn't work out. What that is, is like doing something. Give That's giving. You're giving. Yes. Giving and giving up power are two different things. Yes. And she absolutely. in her mind has maybe not distinguished. Yeah. Because I mean, at least from what we've seen, this is real new to Miranda. This yes. whole like negotiating an actual relationship versus, you know, kind of take me as I am, like it or leave it attitude that she's had in the past. And typically in the past, what has happened is she's put down this, take me as I am, like it or leave it. And the answer has been, I'm out. Right. Yeah. And so like, here's somebody where she's like, this is who I am. And they're like, I'm not out. 
Yeah. But I am going to ask for things from you. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Like you have to give as well as receive. Yeah. For sure. And oh, by the way, not that much because it's like, you know, yeah, he fell asleep, but also he was like, evening sex? Cool. Let's do that. Yeah. No big deal. Yeah. Right. And she just isn't here for it at that point. She's just so disappointed in the falling asleep part that she can't like open herself back up once it's yes. happened. She's just yes. like, okay, drop it yes, up. Down. <laughs> no, no more possibility for sex tonight. Get out. Never mind that she fell asleep on him. Did she not? Well, right. When he comes over the first time, she's asleep on the couch and she, you know, he wakes her up and he's talking about the Japanese businessmen that he was serving flaming drinks, which holy racial profiling, but okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but I mean, and, and then he just kind of like, Smiles and and cuddles like, oh. a little bit. Yeah, he's like, oh, she's oh, you're tired. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He does not have the violent reaction that she does <laughs> later in the episode. And my window is shut. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. All right. So, question two for my girl Charlotte. She is continuing down this path of, you know, what are my dates willing to change for me? And so, I think we need a little self reflection on that question, Charlotte. What are you willing to change for a man? Mm. I mean, the problem is that she would change. It's pretty clear that she's willing to change a lot. She's willing to go down the road of like, let me have a threesome, even though I have no real interest, as we saw in season one. Like, I think there's a lot. I think what's interesting about this is that she jumps to the assumption, even though he says very clearly that being uncircumcised has been an issue for him with many women. She jumps to the assumption that he is making this change for her. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Why is she assuming that? Yeah. Well, she does that constantly. All the time. Yeah. With the the guy that was on Prozac who, you know, she's like, well, wouldn't you consider going off of it for me? Like, or the actor who was like, Yeah, who was like, stay. The Mormon so. she was like, you know, don't you want to stay here for me? It's just this constant request that men change or alter their lives in some way for her. And it's like a real turn on for her when they say yes. And I think, so let's talk about the reality, right? Like when somebody does change or adapt in a way that is meaningful to you, so I won't even necessarily say for you, but just in a way that is meaningful to you, that is a term for me that matters. But I'm also like one of my love languages is acts of service. So like when somebody does something that I ask for, whether it's quote unquote for me or because they wanted to do it anyway, but it's what I asked for, that's a nice thing, right? So I get it. I get why she feels the way that she feels. Mm-hmm. But I think it has to be a two-way street, as you point out. Yeah. I worry a little bit that her love language goes beyond, like, acts of service to, (laughs) like, like, what part of yourself, including your foreskin, are you willing to sacrifice for your love for me? I mean, but isn't that the truth? Like, we see – I mean, not to, like, foreshadow, but we see that for a while. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Until we don't anymore. So you're on to something with this question, for sure. Yeah. And I mean, like – What's interesting is, is, as you pointed out when I first asked the question, she is really willing to kind of um, be like a dating chameleon and fit any mold. But like, how happy would she be, truly, if she did the dating chameleon thing and then found herself in a long-term relationship or marriage with one of these guys where she has taken on a persona versus being the true Charlotte? Well, and I mean, here's the big question mark in my mind is who is the true Charlotte? 
does Charlotte even at this point know who Charlotte is or does Charlotte just want to be whoever she needs to be in order to achieve what she thinks is the penultimate goal, which is membership in the sorority of married women. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's interesting at this point, if we were to list kind of the immutable qualities of Charlotte York, what would be on the list? Uh, Romanticism and optimism. Love of art. Love of art preppy <laughs> yeah she certainly has a particular style yeah no question yeah she's episcopalian right oh, i think yes yes <laughs> for sure uh yeah waspy yes. but i mean you're right like she is a little bit of a blank slate at this point yes willing to be kind of molded and melded to the person that she wants to be with i guess well, and I think that's right from an like a life stage perspective, right? Like there is a point in your life where you are still a little bit of a blank slate because you haven't figured out who you're going to be in the world yet. And that can include in relationships or in a career or just as a human being. Spending time thinking about that periodically outside of the context of like, who do I need to be to keep this person interested? Mm-hmm. You know, thinking like about who do I really want to be? Who am I really? can be a really valuable exercise. Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, my last question this week is for Carrie. And this is in service of avoiding, you know, messaging through violence in all relationships. (laughs) My question is, what needs to happen for you to feel big has changed? I mean, Um, literally. You know, as we talked about last episode, she's getting better Mm -hmm. at direct communication. The the conversation that she has after she punches him is good. I wouldn't say excellent. It gets like a B, B plus. Um. <laughs> I'm taking points off for the fact that she stands over him in the middle of the night with a dripping ice pack oh, to wake him up. For sure. And then never even gives him the ice pack. Sorry. I know she's just holding on to it. It's very bizarre. Anyway, continue. <laughs> anyway. But she still hasn't told him, like, what is it that you want? I mean, like, I guess she says, you know, two episodes ago. I want a key or I want you to stay at my place. But like, what else has she actually articulated that she wants to change? I mean, that's it, right? And like, he says it to her. It's like he kind of is trying to figure that out himself because he says when he gets to her apartment, something along along the lines of like, maybe you need a key to my place to know that I'm crazy about you. Yeah. And like, so really, I think that's at the heart of it, like believing or understanding how he really feels about her mm-hmm. is really what she's after. But she's looking for it in all of these words and actions that TBD, whether they really are indicators of that feeling, right? Like, yeah. I don't think the fact that Big notices other women means that he doesn't care about Carrie. Right. He's given us no reason, us and Carrie that we know of, no reason to believe that he will be unfaithful or that he is truly philandering. Mm -hmm. Like he's not been shy about the fact that he appreciates beautiful women. Yeah. Yeah. Shouldn't that be flattering? Like he appreciates beautiful women, but he has chosen to be with me. Yeah. Or not, but, and he has chosen to be with me. You know, like I don't, that to me is just not that, I don't know. But she takes that as a sign of a feeling or a lack of feeling. Yeah. And I mean, It's like she wants these grand gestures. And so then everything becomes a grand gesture. Like, you know, if if you're a hammer, everything looks like a nail, right? She is constantly looking for him to perform these grand gestures to reassure her about what is going on in their relationship. And so because she's looking for those, everything looks like one. So he pushes her out of bed, which is the most like comedic. (laughs) 
overstatement of what would possibly happen here. Like, are you serious? Has any spouse or partner ever, like, actually pushed the other person out of bed? Like, that's very bizarre to me. Like, that you actually hit the floor. It's just, like, such a... <laughs> overstatement of what would happen but she takes that as like this is the big sign yes everything's a sign that's right right yeah that he doesn't have space for me in his life because he took over the space in the bed this means that he doesn't have space for me in his life i'm like this isn't a sign dude this is him like having weird like nocturnal twisting turning habits yeah 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 (laughs) I mean, yeah, it's just this whole, like, I'm looking for the cosmos to send me a message that this is the right relationship or it isn't. I just recall, you know, that sweet moment in the last episode when they're sitting at dinner in the Italian restaurant and he calls her his girlfriend and she says, you've never called me that before. And he said, well, not to your face. Right. So he's just told her that he has referred to her as his girlfriend to other people, which is what she was looking for at the end of last season. Right. Was for him to talk about her in that way and acknowledge her place in his life. So I feel like she's actually ignoring some of the changes that he's made and still grasping for something that's undefined. Well, because evidently signs can only be negative. Right. (laughs) Right. 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 I used to talk about this to my therapist. She would say, why do the negative things that go on in your head, like, why are they the most powerful? And I was like, oh, because they have the microphone. Yeah. That's right. Because I give them the microphone. That's why. There could be a million other tiny little voices saying, no, positive, 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 you know, whatever. But the one that has the microphone is the one that you hear. And Gary's very much there. Yeah. So, like, do you have a sense of what else she wants to change? I truly don't because it's not like – I mean, maybe she – like, in a perfect world, maybe he would be like, you're it for me, like, forever. Again, that tell me I'm the one. But I also kind of wonder if he flat out said that to her, if she'd even believe it. Yeah. Because then we, I think, would start on this road of like, well, he said it, but then he, insert thing here, still looks at other women, didn't show up for this thing, didn't make me my favorite, I don't know, whatever the bad behavior in her mind is going to be that is contrary to what he has said. So like, what is it going to take for her to buy it? I don't know. I don't know. It's almost like the order is comport thy behavior in all ways to me being the only woman in the world or something. Yes. And yes, it is almost (laughs) that absurd. And I am a big fan of like, don't. And like I said, you know, I'm acts of service is my thing. I'm, I'm a big fan of like, don't tell me, show me like your behavior does matter. But again, like, I'm pretty sure I check out good looking people all the time, but that doesn't mean that I don't care about my husband. Like, right appreciating physical beauty or appreciating beauty generally isn't on its face a fault. I don't know. Well, right. And I mean, this is sort of, and I don't mean to be condescending when I say this, but this is sort of an immature take on what's important in relationships. Like this idea that if your partner is looking at other physical bodies, they are wanting other physical bodies. And like, I don't know, in my experience in my five-year marriage, that hasn't been the case in the slightest. Like, Correct. <laughs> well, and I just, I don't understand. I mean, I don't know. Like, I also happen to really just like people watching in fashion both. And so like back in the day when we would go out, I'd be like, oh, look at her. That outfit is great. Or that's really flattering. Or mm-hmm. look at him. Like, look at, you know, those jeans fit him really well. Like, I, I don't know. I mean, not all the time, but it well, yeah, and that woman that he sees on the street is wearing some kind of like dominatrix outfit. Yeah, isn't so she? like it would turn my head too. Like, what the yeah. heck just happened? 
<laughs> right. Like, wow. Okay. That's a real choice. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, seriously, in the last week, I have pointed out a woman on the street to my husband who was wearing something really fashion forward and been like, yes. wow, look at that. I mean, and not like look at her body or I mean, and do look at her body. That's where the clothes are. But yes. I mean- <laughs> yes. Yeah. But not. Yeah. That's such an interesting one to me because it's interesting because I talk about this. I have a teenage daughter and we talk about this concept generally of like, at the end of the day, nobody can steal somebody from you right. in a relationship, right? If they choose to leave, they choose to leave. Right. And it has nothing to do. I mean, I don't know. So this notion of like, at some point, you have to trust the person you're with wants to be with you. Yeah. And give them the space to be themselves. Right, right. Yeah, because I mean, maybe the thing that needs to change for Carrie is she needs to love herself enough to know that Big loves her too. Yes. And he can't do that for her. Oh, no. Nope. That is a her thing. (laughs) Yeah. There's nothing he could do that's going to fill that gap if it's there. Well, and I, yeah, something is missing. And I do think that it is, there's something probably a little bit missing on both sides because he is reserved in how he talks about feelings. He's not a like, we be my girlfriend, like I'm crazy about you, like, you know, really like affirming words all the time. But there's also something on her end that needs to shift. Yeah, definitely. So, all right. Well, let me recap my coaching questions for this week. Number one was for Miranda. And it was, what might a good balance between slowing down and being you look like? Second question was for Charlotte. What are you willing to change for a man? And number three was for Carrie. What needs to happen for you to feel big has changed? Mm-hmm. Mm, love this episode. <laughs> Yeah, this is like a little arc. Yeah, and we're like really getting into the meat of it now. We're getting into like the real everybody's comfortable. The writer's room knows what they're doing. All of the characters are really pretty established. <sighs> the only thing I need to be added to this mix to feel like we really have arrived is get Samantha some real storylines. Yes. <laughs> yes. They're coming. They're coming, but like it is it's just really surprising to see how little she gets to work with. Well, at this point, they've boxed her in a little bit right to this trope of like, just sex obsessed, Mm -hmm. you know, and she's obviously more complicated than that. And we've seen glimpses of it. But yeah, 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 she's like I said, she takes on this Greek chorus role because she doesn't really have anywhere else to go. I mean, how many times can you, you know, have an interesting storyline that just revolves around? Oh, I slept with that guy. (laughs) Oh, I'm sleeping with a new guy. Like, it's oh, I slept with that guy again. Yeah, right, right. Exactly. (laughs) We've already been through all of those things. So yes. All right, everyone. Well, thanks so much for listening. And we will be back next week with a new episode. Hey everyone, it's Becky. If you're enjoying what you're hearing here, you can support us by leaving a review on your favorite podcast platform and by following us on Facebook or Instagram at coaching.carry.podcast. Thanks for being a listener. Hey, that's Becky. To connect with me, the easiest way is to head over to my website at untanglehappiness.com. There you can learn more about the services I offer, as well as get additional information about my book, The Happiness Recipe, A Powerful Guide to Living What Matters. I look forward to connecting with you. Hey, it's Carrie. I would love to connect with you out in the world at carriewalshcoaching.com. There you'll find more information about me, coaching, 
blog posts, and an opportunity to sign up for my newsletter. Or if you or your company is looking for executive coaching, you can check out theatalantagroup.com for more information. That's the A-T-A-L-A-N-T-A group.com.